0: Let's uh, hold our Bible in our hand. And if you brought it, but you didn't, it's okay. If you didn't know, it's all right. It's good to have all of our newcomers here today. Let's hold our Bible in our hand and let's make this confession together. I thank you, Father, that your word has the power to change my life. Today, I give heed to it. I allow it to go into my ears, then into my mind, and then into my spirit. I'm a hearer of the word. And a doer of the word. And I'll never be the same after today. In Jesus' name, amen. Give your neighbor a Bible high five and say, Merry Christmas. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 is a very familiar Christmas scripture. It says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. One of the great things about the life of Jesus and about the Christmas story is this whole idea of Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus being God, the Bible says, having a throne in heaven beside his father at the right hand of his father, uh, Jesus didn't just say, you know what? Help those people down there. Saint Michael, the archangel Joel Michael, uh, Send a few, some angels down there, help those people. They look like they're in a lot of trouble. Help them, send them them some money, send them some help. Do do something for them. He didn't just send us something, but he came. You know, there's a big difference in people who want to send you something and people who want to show up. Don't you love the people that show up in your life? You don't? I do. I like for people to show up. Sometimes people will say, listen, call me if you need anything. And hey, that's, you know, that's great. But most of us don't really feel like calling that person when we need something. They're sincere. If you need something, call me and let me know. Well, we don't usually do it, do we? This is an interactive message you need to answer my question. (laughs) We don't normally do that, do we? No, we don't normally do that. But when somebody comes... When somebody shows up on your doorstep, I mean, we've instructed our staff, our staff pastors, our our staff leaders, when someone has a need in our congregation, somebody's dealing with something in our congregation, don't call them and ask them and tell them, if you need anything, let me know. Go. Show up. Be there. There's a big difference. And Jesus Didn't just say, hey guys, call me if you need me. He showed up. He came here and he lived among us. There's a big difference. Philippians chapter 2, verse 7 is a really powerful scripture. And uh, since I'm the pastor and, and I'm using the platform, I'm going to use this as a Christmas scripture. It says, when the time came, Jesus set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. He became human. Having become human, He stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a, and I want you to say this word after me, selfless. Selfless. He lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. That's the message translation. The word selfless, I love that word selfless. It's made up of two words. It's a compound word. Selfless. It means less for yourself. That's what selfless is. Sometimes for, for us when we're thinking about being givers and being, you know, uh, being a blessing to someone and trying to help someone out, trying to live a, the life of a servant, sometimes we only have two, uh, two frames of reference one is where we just hog everything for ourselves. And then when we think of selfless, we think of someone who does nothing for themselves, doesn't take care of themselves, but rather, rather gives their whole life away just to take care of other people and doesn't take care of themselves. But the word selfless doesn't mean that. It just simply means less of yourself. Less for yourself. Thinking less of yourself. How much, how much of yourself less do you think of? And do you take care of selfless? The Bible says that, um, uh, that we should love our neighbor as ourself. If we don't love ourselves, we can't love our neighbor. So there has to be some self-care. So a person who's selfless isn't 100% giving their whole life away and not taking care of themselves as, at all, but they are thinking of themselves less. So think of yourself less. Jesus wasn't stupid. Jesus knew he was God in the flesh. And yet he was selfless. He lived a selfless life, this Bible says, this translation says, and died a selfless death. In the movie, the line that you didn't get to see that I really wanted to springboard my message from it's when the pastor is trying to counsel these, uh, the, uh, the family who, uh, if you notice, at least you got this part, in, when they're sitting in the sanctuary, which, by the way, was shot in here. I think you recognize that. And when, when he's trying to talk to them, and actually the mom and dad are in the kids' bodies, and the kids are in the mom and dad's bodies, and they're trying to figure out how, how in the world do we fix this. And there's a line in the movie that says this. If this family is going to survive, you're going to have to start thinking about someone other than yourselves. That's the most important line in this whole 90-minute movie. Everyone thinks of Christmas as a time of giving. God gave, God sent his only son. And so then we also, uh, Christmas is just, it's the spirit of giving. Um, That's why the Salvation Army is out in front of the stores that you go to ringing the bell with that pot that you put money in. You do put money in it, don't you? Uh, How come they're not out there in July? Why are they doing it now? It's because Christmas is the time that everybody's thinking about giving. Giving is on everybody's mind. And, and we give, all of us give, every single person in here, however, uh, however much, well, you know, what, whatever you're going to do, everybody in here is going to give something to someone for Christmas. In fact, most of us give more than we can actually afford. But everybody's going to give something. But as we mature in Christ, we begin to think about giving, not only in terms of gifts. The gifts are good. But not only in terms of gifts, but also about giving ourselves. The baby in the manger is not just to give us a cute story and time off from work. The baby in the manger is the ultimate act of selflessness. Jesus wanted to become involved in our lives. And so he came, he showed up. Going back to Philippians chapter two, we read verses seven and eight, but I want to read Philippians two, five that comes before that. It says, and then I'll read the others. It says, Paul says this, think of yourself the way that Christ Jesus thought of himself. And then he says, when the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human, It was an incredibly humbling process and he didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life. And Philippians chapter two, verse five says that we're to think of ourselves the same way that Jesus thought of himself. We're to lead selfless lives. The story of Christmas is a story of redemption, but it's also a story of selfless servanthood. Say selfless. Say less of self. Last weekend's message that uh, we didn't get to do this on uh, Sunday. We did it on Tuesday. And on Tuesday, I had the message was about walking in someone else's shoes, which is what this body swap movie movie is all about. Uh, And it's a great concept where they get to experience what someone else experiences. And then all of a sudden, they have all this compassion because the parents didn't realize what the kids went through. And the kids didn't realize what the parents went through. And last Sunday's message, it was given on Tuesday night. I had a table up here and I had shoes, different kinds of shoes up here from people in our congregation. I had a firefighter's shoes. I had a policeman's shoes. I had the mother of a special needs child in our church, her shoes on our platform. I had the shoes of a person in our church who was a former gang member. I had the shoes of a person in our church who is a businessman in our church. And I had those shoes on this platform talking about what it was like to wear their shoes. And we talked about judging one another. And since we haven't been in each other's shoes, we really shouldn't judge each other because we don't know what other people are going through. I gave a, uh, a very personal illustration that had happened that day. That I'm not going to give this morning and we had because we had technical difficulties they didn't record it either so I'm off the hook (laughs) but it it comes home to all of us about judging other people but um, we don't want to pat ourselves on the back just because we're learning not to judge others let's take it to the next level by learning to serve others selflessly you know this is not a message this is christmas and it's not a a recruiting service or a message and it's not a message trying to get people to serve in the church but you know i notice people when they serve in the church and i notice uh, the different things that attract people. Now there are people in our church, and I, you know, I love people that serve in our church who just say, "Wherever you need me, put me there. I'll do anything, anything you need. Don't ask me to sing; I can't sing. But aside from that, I'll serve in the parking lot. I'll serve in the nursery. I'll serve in the office. I'll serve in the. I'll be an usher. I'll do. I'll do anything you need. We love you. But then there are also people whose service is connected to a need that they see because they've experienced something. The person who serves in the parking lot, because their very first Sunday here, they couldn't find a parking space and couldn't figure out how to park. Now, there are people that will come through your parking lot, and when they can't figure out where to park, will just throw their hands up and go, wow, I'm not going to this church, and they'll go somewhere else. But then there are others that will really have a challenge finding a place to park. And then when you ask them where to serve, they say, I want to serve in the parking lot because I don't want other people to experience what I experienced the first Sunday I came here. There are people that, um, that are greeters simply because where do you need me? We need greeters. Okay, great, I'll greet. But then there are other people you ask them, where do you want to serve? And they say, I want to be a greeter. Because I remember the first Sunday I came here and nobody said anything, nobody spoke to me and I came and sat in the sanctuary by myself through the whole service and nobody spoke to me till the end of the service and I was leaving and I love this church and I don't want anybody else to experience what I just experienced. So I want to serve there. I want to serve in the children's, I want to serve in the nursery. Because of my experience, which maybe wasn't a great experience, but how I many you know we have great experiences in our nursery, Woo! in our parking lot? In our, we have really good experiences, but a lot of times, we have really good experiences because of two people, because of the people who serve, because we asked them to serve. They said, wherever you need me, And then we, but also the people who serve there because they know that there's a need there because of something that they wanted to experience, and they want to improve somebody else's life because they've walked in their shoes. That's one of the reasons I became a pastor. Besides, I felt the call of God on my life. That's one of the reasons that I teach the way I teach. I hear almost every week people come to me. I'm not the greatest preacher in the world. I understand that. But I have people that come to me almost every week and say, I love the way you break the Bible down so that I can understand it. Because I grew up going to church and then leaving and going, I have no idea what that was about. We would hear, we would hear a, a message about a particular topic and I would leave there and have no idea how to apply it. And so I de- I decided if I ever go into the ministry, I'm going to be sure when I preach the word that people leave there, whether they do it or not, people are going to know exactly what they should do, may not do it, but they'll know what to do. That was because I saw a need of something that I experienced. And we have people in here who do the same thing in business. I'm looking out at some of you that I know, some of the businesses that you have. And listen, being in business to make money, is, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a noble cause. But also there are those who are in business to meet a need for others that they've experienced themselves. I've had business leaders tell me, I know what it's like to be poor and I want God to use me to lift others out of the poverty that I experienced. Walking in someone else's shoes can cause us to have a deep sense of serving and being selfless you don't have to walk in someone else's shoes to serve them but when you do there's a camaraderie that's connected to your service I got I saw in uh, I saw this I wanted to read this uh about this lady who flew on a plane I, I think I mentioned this on uh Tuesday night but then I found it I wanted to read it to you this lady says so I thought it was a good idea to fly by myself with a two-year-old and a five-year-old We were standing in line in security, and I was on the verge of tears because Wyatt was screaming and James was exhausted. Out of the blue, one mom stops the line for security and says, Here, jump in front of me. I know how it is. Everybody say, I know how it is. Wyatt fell asleep, and I was trying to carry everyone's carry on when another mom jumps out of her place in line and says, Hand me everything. I've got it. When I said thank you to both of them, they said, don't you worry, we're going to make sure you get on that flight. The second woman takes everything and helps me get it through security. And on top of that, she grabs all of it and walks us up to the gate to make sure we get on the flight. Then to top it all off, Wyatt starts to scream at takeoff before he finally falls back to sleep. After about 45 minutes, this angel comes to the back and says, you look like you need a break, and holds Wyatt for the rest of the flight and walks him all the way to baggage claim, hands him to me, hugs me, and says, Merry Christmas. Here is someone, I don't know if this person's a Christian or not, but they sure act like one. I said they act like one. And so serving serving is something that should really grip our hearts not just giving gifts but giving ourselves let's ask God I'm asking God for something I'm asking God for more experiences that will lead me into more compassion that will lead me to serving others can I say that again let's ask God for more experiences that will lead us into compassion that will lead us into serving others who can say amen In the big fix, in the movie, the big fix, when the kids experienced what their parents had dealt with in running the restaurant, they wanted to help meet a need. So they fired Chelsea. (laughs) By the way, I don't know if you caught it or not, this fictional character, Chelsea, her last name was Chelsea Corona. (laughs) I don't know how to take that exactly. (laughs) But... When the kids experienced what their parents had experienced, they wanted to do something to fix the situation. And when the parents experienced what the kids dealt with at school, they wanted to meet a need by going through with the school play. They understood how important this was to the kids. Let's ask God for more experiences that will lead us into compassion that will lead us to serving others. Everyone say this, God, give me experiences. That will lead me into compassion. That will lead me into into serving serving others. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but Jesus was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I I taught on this on Tuesday night, so I'm not going to go into all the details now, but Jesus didn't and doesn't have to try to imagine what it's like to be in our shoes. He was in our shoes. He did experience what we experienced. And the people that Jesus forgave or had compassion on, he knew that he either had or he would experience what they had experienced. Jesus' experience led him into compassion that led him into serving others interesting when I was preparing this message I actually questioned my own message I do that a lot I, because I'm prophecy motivated I always want to be sure that what I'm teaching is right and if I if I put something down and I go that doesn't look right I don't know that that's right then it bothers me until I research it so I started I put down Jesus experience led him into compassion that led him to serve into serving others and as soon as I wrote that down it bothered me because I thought wait a minute but he's Jesus so Jesus didn't need experience for him to have compassion did he? and then The Holy Spirit brought to mind Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 where it says Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease that was among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep that had no shepherd. So even though Jesus came and had compassion, he came here because he had compassion, but something Jesus saw caused him to have compassion on me. When he saw the multitudes, and he saw that they were like sheep without a shepherd, which, by the way, if you actually Greek that out, it's, it's people without a pastor. We'll move on. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. Jesus saw the people, the people needed help. He told his disciples, pray that the Lord will send laborers into the harvest to help them. So I'm sure the disciples did what he said and prayed that the Lord would send laborers. And if you go to the next chapter, chapter 10, you find out that God, Jesus sent them. So we can pray, God, please send laborers into the harvest. And you know what's going to happen. It's going to be us. See, Jesus had so much compassion on others that he sent us. Jesus has so much compassion on the people that you work with, the people that you're around, the people in your family, the people on your job, the people in your neighborhood. Jesus has so much compassion on them that he put you right in the middle of them. So the question is... (laughs) I forgot the question. (laughs) The question is, who will God send you to today? Who will God send you to this week? Who will God send you to next year? Who is God going to put you right in the middle of? Or who is God going to send to you at your workplace or in your neighborhood I believe God strategically places people in our lives. The people that moved in next to you in your neighborhood this year, that was not by chance. The new person that's working in the office next to you, that's not by chance. God strategically places people around you, and sometimes He places scoundrels around us. We always, oh, you know what? they hired a new guy and he works next to me and he's a Christian and he loves Jesus. God may not have sent him. God's going to send somebody you got to work on. So this is not a message encouraging us to go out and be nice to more people this Christmas. I mean, if that's where you're at, if, if you're, if, If you're so abrasive that that's the the very first step for you is this Christmas I'm going to try to be nice, then please do that. (laughs) But that's not what this message is about. This message is about developing the heart of a servant and being selfless to encourage us to live lives of service. Luke chapter 20, let me close with this. Luke chapter 22, verse 24. There was a dispute among the disciples as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them call them their benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet among you, the greatest is the one who serves? Let's live lives of service. That's what Christmas is about. That's what—that's why Jesus came. That's what the baby in the manger is all about. Would you stand with me, please? Jesus came. The Bible says not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came not to serve not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so sometimes we focus on the ransom part. Thank God we're forgiven for our sins, but we don't focus on the service part. Jesus came to serve. This Christmas, I want to ask you to look over. Everybody look up here. It's just the worship team. They're they're going to come out in a minute. Everybody look up here. I want to ask you this Christmas, To focus on your heart and your life of service. You have three resources available in your life. You have time, energy, and money. And I'm asking myself, first of all, I had to process this message before I gave it to you. And I've challenged myself to have more experiences of compassion that will lead me to more selfless action of service in the lives of others. I'm asking you, I'm not asking you to give all of your money away and all of your time away and turn your back on your family and turn your back on yourself and your job and everything and just completely do nothing for yourself. I'm not asking you to do that and neither is God. But I'm asking that this year, the future... Beginning today, I could be talking about this afternoon. I could be talking about tomorrow in your life. I could be talking about next week. I could be talking about next year. I'm asking us to decide to be a little less self, a little more selfless. Everybody say self. Self. Everybody say selfless. Everybody pretend like you're Sicilian and do your hands like I do. Everybody say selfless. Selfless selfless is less of yourself so what could you, could you give away 25% more of yourself could you give away 10% more of yourself in serving other people and just noticing what someone else needs take a little bit more time my, my biggest challenge is I'm always in a hurry I've always got a schedule and I'm always headed somewhere and I do help people that are broken down on the side of the road, but you have no idea what I go through to do that. It's like, oh man. <sighs> Maybe somebody else will stop. I'm looking in my rearview mirror. Nope, there they are all by themselves. But they probably got a cell phone. They probably called somebody. They're sitting there waiting on somebody. But the Holy Spirit just... Stays with you until you finally go, Oh, alright. <laughs> and you turn around and go back. And you know, sometimes people watch this. You know, I used to justify because I, I used to stop to try to try to help people and use some wisdom. If you're afraid, don't stop. Although God has not given you a spirit of fear. We could go into that message. But use use some wisdom but you know i used to i i stop and help people and after like three people that you stop and help and they say no i called my husband i'm waiting on him no i called my brother he'll be here in about 15 minutes after about three of those it's like you pass somebody and you go yeah i'm sure they called somebody somebody's going to help them but you know there are people that just need for somebody to care about them thank you so much for stopping You know, my my wife's going to be here in about 10 minutes. But you know what? It means a lot to me that you stopped to help. That you were selfless. Just for five minutes, you thought about someone else other than yourself. That happened to me. I'm not trying to impress you. I want to impress something on you. That happened to me about two months ago. I was on my Harley, actually. And there was a lady broken down at the side of the road. And I just went on by. And uh, then I went back around and came back and I stopped and I said, ma'am, can I do anything to help you? And uh, she just burst into tears. I said, are you okay? And she said, my cell phone's dead. I can't call anybody. I've been sitting here for 15 minutes and I'm I'm afraid to flag somebody down. I I don't know what to do. And I said, here, well, let's, let's call. She said, if we could call my husband. We called her husband. He didn't answer the phone. I stayed there for about five minutes. I called a tow truck for her and helped her. But my initial reaction was, she's got, I'm sure she's sitting there waiting on somebody. Everybody's got a cell phone. Let's be a little more selfless. And let's start thinking about other people. Who needs you this Christmas? Who needs you next year? Let's be selfless. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's be selfless. Let's lead selfless lives. Hey, the worship team's going to come. We're going to worship some more. Before we do, you know what? You guys stay right there. Before we do that, I just really feel like that the Holy Spirit right now, this place in the service, wants me to give you an opportunity to make a decision to follow Christ the most selfless act ever done on this earth was done for you. What we just read in Philippians chapter 2, Jesus was sitting on his throne next to his father. How many of you think that was a pretty comfortable position to be in? But Jesus was selfless, and he came to earth to live and to die for you. One of the one of the things that uh, really kind of sticks with you is when you offer to help someone, you really go out of your way to be selfless, and then someone rejects you. Ever had that happen? Two of us. <laughs> Ever had that happen? Really go out of your way to help somebody, and they go, "No, nah, I'm good. I don't need that." Uh, really, seriously. Happens to Jesus every minute, every second. He left his home in heaven, and he came. He lived on the earth, and he died on the cross for you. Most selfless act in history. And the Holy Spirit is here drawing men and women to make decisions to follow christ you see god loves you god has a plan for your life because of sin all of us were separated from god every single person in this room but jesus christ came and paid the price for your sin with his death on the cross so that you could be free free from the chains and the bondage and the pressure and the shame of sin what you need to do is make a decision to follow christ Would you bow your heads, please, everyone, close your eyes. You can do that right there where you're standing. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right there where you are. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me right there where you're standing, repenting for your sins, acknowledging that Jesus is the Lord of your life, and asking the Holy Spirit to come in and empower you to be the Christian that the Bible promises you that you can be. You can do that right there where you are. Maybe you've never done this before. Maybe you've never heard a message like this before. Maybe you've never been to church before. Or maybe you used to serve God and you've fallen away from the Lord and the Holy Spirit is drawing you to come back. Today's your day. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed, everybody that wants to pray this prayer with me and wants to make a decision to follow Christ, a first-time decision to follow Christ, you want to come back to God because something's come between you and him and you've fallen away from the Lord. I want you to raise your hand right now and I'm going to pray a prayer with you right there where you are. Everyone who wants to make a decision to follow Christ, raise your hand now. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Just thank you for your presence and your power in this place. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you, Father. Thank you for drawing men and women into the kingdom of God, just like you drew us. I don't see any hands, so let's all say this together. Heavenly Father, thank you that as we bring people with us to church, our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, and our relatives, we thank you that your presence is here to draw them into the kingdom of God, just like you drew us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship God some more.